Hello and welcome back to the RGV Podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers back with you once again. We're rolling right along through our year in review here at the RGV. And this is probably the most daunting one, to yes. be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the incredible year that was 2022 in the world of television. Can we even say television? Should we just say streaming at this point? Yeah. I mean, we can. We will, of course, get into where we watched all of these things, etc. Do you feel like there's a weird echo on me? Do I sound okay to you? I was going to ask if I sounded okay to you. Do you want to do playback and see how we sound? You sound great in my... uh, You sound great in my ears. Okay, Okay, we're back to recording. Uh, Gavin informed me that... Volume might have been up just a tad bit, maybe. I mean, in in what we're hearing, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not I like could bring us recording. down a little bit. Is that, is that, it was definitely like better? a little bit of the over feedback of like having the volume too okay. high. Does that sound better? Oh, it sounds great. I mean, it sounded great before. Okay. It sounded clear. It was like, gonna, how about how about how about there? Right. How's turn, that? How's that? Turn my sneer up. I don't know how to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've only been making music for like two and a half years. Okay. Can I get on a track and just go spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti like a... You can. I will not release that okay. track, but you can do that. Uh, we're done talking about from, music. Right? I hope everybody enjoyed the year in review, uh, our favorite albums of 2022. Uh, you can go check out the accompanying playlist on if you're a Spotify podcast listener. Uh, you can do that. There's no real companion piece for this other than we're going to tell you where you can see all of these things. we got a lot to get through. We're already starting this late in the evening. But that's when all the magic happens, so we're just going to yes. go for it. Uh, brevity is the enemy of birth desire. Of wit, something like I don't know. source of wit. I don't know how that saying goes. All I know is... Easy, Wally. Less ki- is more. You kicked off uh, albums. Would you like to kick us off again sure i can do that if you want me to yeah. or do or do you want to flip it do it's you want to flip the order this time i mean i feel like we've got a there might be a lot more uh synergy yeah, on too. this list yeah probably i'll kick it off go ahead kick it off yeah you set the tone my number 10 slot uh and this will be a reoccurring thing for uh a lot of these for a chunk of the year i was like oh this is clearly this is my number one. Nothing's going to top this. Mm-hmm. And it's my number 10 now. So okay. that kind of shows you the trajectory of this year Indeed. in general. My number 10 is Severance uh, from Apple TV+. Plus. Do I need to put it on the table? Um, yeah. Okay. I'm glad to do that. We are immediately flipping to Gavin's number 10. Um. No, you're not a lady. You're a love bomb, baby. Um, Peacemaker. Okay. Uh, On my list, go ahead. I will tell you where. Not in your top ten, though, because we're not tabling, right? Let's talk about it. Okay. So if you would have told me when I watched Suicide Squad that of all the characters, I was going to get a quick series with John Cena playing like one of the most just like ridiculous ridiculous characters in a DC like universe of characters because we do see the Justice League in this in this show um, and it as the extension via the Amanda Waller of it all that kind of does tie different uh, 
characters in that universe together. Um, but if you were going to tell me that I was going to get that because James Gunn only had a small window, then he was going to go make Guardians 3, and then that James Gunn was going to become the man at DC, I wouldn't have believed you. But this was amazing. It was just, you know, a continuation of a character that I loved. I hated, but I loved from Suicide Squad. And you got Robert Patrick in there. John Cena, of course. You got um, The Suicide Squad? Yeah. The Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, right, yeah. It's the, the Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, if you keep going, we're going to. Friends. <laughs> hand. Ah. It was a great see. time. More people should have seen it. Yeah, should have. Yeah, uh, but, I totally agree. It was my number. I had to look. Uh, my number twenty six. <laughs> there was a lot of good TV this year. Yeah, there was. Ah, uh, because I loved Peacemaker. I thought yeah. it was great. Um, Again, very early, so you got you have a lot to, to compare it to, but it's it's still hung around for me compared to some stuff I caught later that I was just saying. Yeah, uh, things we can continue to shout out. One of the uh, one of the best opening credit sequences uh, of the year. And just of recent shows. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Peacemaker. That was in your number 10? Yes. Okay. You're number 9. Let's see if we can get away from the table. I think I'll be fine on this. Another Apple TV Plus output. Another show that I was like, there's no way anything gets better than this when I finished it. Uh, Pachinko. Okay, go ahead. Okay, we uh, we briefly discussed. Yeah, it, I feel like we like did. months and months ago, but uh, <clears throat> it is uh, the story of Korean immigrants like through the generations. So you have portions of it set in uh, in Korea, some in Japan, uh, like in the like right in the post war era, and then some in Japan, like in the eighties. It is very very much. You can feel the novelistic adaptation that's going on, but in the best way possible. I haven't read the book personally, but I hear it's a very interesting, like the book is very linear and this kind of like kaleidoscopes the time periods uh, so that you're constantly transitioning and like it's drawing all of these kind of threads between there that weren't necessarily there in the book because mm-hmm. you can't really do that in the same way, but it's, the, you know, the language of sentiment and everything, but uh, just you get super invested into it. There's an interesting component of like uh, Japanese versus Korean dialogue and like Korean characters speaking in Japanese, and they differentiate between like the colors of the subtitles. There's American characters in it as well. Jimmy Simpson, who people will know from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Westworld, like pops up in there. So it's uh, yeah, a multi generational and multi time period story that never like. It never becomes like difficult to follow. It's just it's so elegantly done, uh, very emotionally draining in in chunks of it, and a show that like it took me a bit to get through, but I'm so glad I did. I'm excited for a season two. I think it's planned at this point. The adaptation of the novel, the way they have it structured out, will be five seasons, which is uh, maybe a little intimidating for some people. But if you missed it earlier this year, there was a lot of stuff airing around the same time. And you have Apple TV Plus, and you have not watched Pachinko. I could not recommend it more highly. I thought it was uh, pretty enthralling, top to bottom. Uh, just great, great storytelling on a massive scale, uh, which is not always the case for uh, stories like this, which is cool to see. So, 
Uh, that's my number nine, Pachinko, on Apple TV+. Alrighty. My number nine is The Tourist on HBO Max. Did it make your list? Uh, go on. Uh, no, I'm vaguely... This was... Jamie Dornan? Okay. Yeah. That's all I know about yeah. it. Uh, what's the deal? Um, man is in a car wreck, does not remember who he was, wakes up in the Australian Outback and has to figure out what the hell he was doing there. That old chestnut. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I think you will appreciate is that one of the big bads that is uh, coming after him um, is from Carcosa. You in my world now. Okay. With the yellow king. Yeah. It's him. Which like, one? <laughs> the 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 one that never stood up. Not Reggie Ledoux, but the other one. Okay. He was there, Marty. Marty, he was there. I just I didn't I didn't think of his face because I thought he was just I thought he just had, you know, grit on his face and he was sitting he was there the whole time. Yeah. That one. Okay. Yeah. He's one of the big bands that's coming after him. I don't know the lady, the Australian actress, or maybe she's from New Zealand. I'm not sure. I can't be too sure with the accents. Um, I don't know if she's been anything there, but she was amazing. The police woman, the police constable woman, and like she's, you know, trying to get fit because she's wanting to marry this guy, and like you know, all of a sudden, you know, you've got the guy who was you know Mr. Gray. All of a sudden, he's just like this heartthrob that like doesn't know who he is, and he shows up in your your. Um, a little small town in the Australian outback, and you gotta like, you know, craziness. And like, obviously, like the first two episodes, I was like, "Where's this going?" And finally, like, halfway through second episode, I was like, "All right, I'm definitely gonna stick around and like figure this whole thing out." And I don't think there are plans for a season two, but with where it's left, I don't really need one. And so I do kind of like the idea of it just being a complete thing that's by itself. I don't know if you want to call that a miniseries because it is technically 10 episodes. But, um, yeah, this one I, I kept seeing when it came out. And I was like, whatever. And, and I just decided to watch the trailer. And I was like, that looks interesting. And I killed it in about a day and a half. Say uh, the name of it one more time. The Tourist. The Tourist. If you Google it, you're going to get the Johnny Depp, Paul Bettany movie with um, Angelina Jolie in it. But, like, if you Google The Tourist, HBO or HBO Max, you'll get the series. But, yeah, that that is my number nine. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Testament to how many shows there were this year. I just yeah. Yeah, no. Didn't yeah. didn't even make time. Oh, that's fine. Okay. It happens. My number eight, also from HBO, proper. Not this Max bullshit. Just kidding. Uh the rehearsal. Did you watch any of this? No. Are you aware of it? Have we talked about Nathan Fielder like ever? Nathan for you, the Comedy Central show. No, never seen an episode. I know who he is. It's maybe way too much to get into on this podcast, but he's—I mean, he's and for my money like one of the funniest people on the planet. Total okay. deadpan, uh, just an absolute genius. Okay, uh, he's great. <clears throat> I'll probably hate him, but go ahead. Yeah, you—he's definitely a, an acquired taste. Uh, I feel like you you say that, but no, you would dig his vibe. You Probably. you would love it. I need to show you some of this. The basic setup for the rehearsal, and I can't even really begin to explain what this show is, but 
he helps people rehearse for their lives. Like, what if you, you know, something that you're anxious about, like, I got to have this big conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you could practice it? Right. Like in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. But like, what if everything about that environment was like recreated because you had been, you know, meticulously followed by these people <laughs> and like, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it takes the idea of reenactment and recreation and staging your life and like performance to insane levels. I don't know how to describe it to you. Okay. You just have to give it a chance. It is unlike any show ever made. Hmm. And the fact that he got to make it with HBO's money is mind boggling. Uh, like, okay. One of the big cruxes of the season. And I think they are doing a season two, which hmm. is insane to me. But there's a woman who basically wants to, she's single unmarried but she wants to have the experience of having a husband and a kid uh to see if she wants to do that so they give her a giant ass house like a fake kid that ages through with different actors like through the ages over the course of a couple months and like a stand they're trying to find a stand-in like husband person to stay in this environment or whatever um and it goes from there. I, I, you have to watch it. Okay. Please watch it. Okay. The rehearsal. Uh, HBO. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I, Again, so much great TV this year. I can't believe you... I can't believe you haven't seen like a random clip from it or anything. I probably have. It's wild, dude. The people yeah. that they find for this show. Mm. Incredible. And the way that he inevitably injects himself into it because he is... Uh, that's who he is. Mm. Uh, okay. Your number eight? Is that where we're at? Yeah, for number you? eight. I forgot how we're flipping this right. time. It's okay. my eight. We'll go to your seven in a second. Um, my number eight is going to be a little show called Andor. Table it. Table it? I'm disgusted with you right now. Table it. Okay. Disgusted. Eight? Eight. What the? I stand behind these, number one through seven. These next one through seven better be some goddamn good shows. Okay. Well, one of them you're going to hate. I know that, but still. Excuse me. Eight? You had severance <laughs> at ten. Okay? Remember that. Remember that. Eight? Yes. I don't even know you my number seven, we can breeze right past. Okay. Uh, because I did a whole podcast on it with a uh, good friend, Mikey Chappelle. Oh, okay. It's called Jenny Tartakovsky's Primal. Uh, this yeah. was season two. Uh-huh. It was incredible. Uh, it was the conclusion of one of my favorite uh, just stories in recent memory. I'm not going to go into my whole spiel again. The show is great. It's available on HBO Max. Everyone who likes good things should watch it. It's incredible. You won't regret it. Primal. Check it out. Right. Your number seven. My number seven is a little show from Apple TV called Blackbird. Okay. Did not see. Okay. 
This is loosely Paul based. Walter Hauser and the Piano Man himself. No, yes, the, piano the, piano man. Man. the Rocket Man, the, rock, the Rocket yeah, Man. Oh yeah, yeah. The Piano Man is Eddie the Joel. Eagle. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah, we got um, Sing. What? Sing. Karen, he's the the animated movie. That's what all the kids love him for. Oh, he's I didn't know that was the, him. He's one of the main like animals. I didn't realize yeah. That, yeah. Um, based Taren on Egerton. Yeah, based Egerton. On Egerton? Egerton. 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 No, Egerton. Egerton. Joel Egerton. Correct. Right. Taryn Egerton. Right. The Kingsman. Yes, the Kingsman. Eggsy. Eggsy, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because, you know, last name. Um, <laughs> uh, These fucking British people get out of our top ten. Get know. off of our show. Get out of here. He's playing American, isn't he? He does play an American drug dealer. Arrested. um, First offense. And uh, basically, because of his kind of attitude towards it, the DA basically throws the book at him. He gets put in jail for a long time. And about mm, shortly into that sentence, they come to him and they say, Hey, look, if you can go to this other prison, convince this guy that we think murdered these little girls... You can convince him to be your friend and talk to you, and you can get a confession on tape. You know, we'll do this. And he's like, hell no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to snitch and rat. I would get killed. And they're like, what if we just let you go? Like, you're out. No, like, reduced sentence. You're gone. You're out of here right away. And after talking to his dad, the late, great Ray Liotta, um, he agrees to do that. I mean, this is based on a true story. The okay. person that, but Paul Walter Hauser, I heard him say in an interview that he had people, friends of family, coming to his family members being like, is he really like that in real life? Because they thought the portrayal of the the way he played that character was how he really was. Not that he was an actor, but like they got a dude who had that kind of speech, had that cadence. Couldn't really talk like this a lot. Like that. They thought they just found someone that did that not that this guy was an actor who was you know it was crazy and who's stealthily like one of the best one of the fucking greatest yes exactly and you listen to him talk and you listen to all like what he's into you're like of course he is what a a dude like if that guy can do it why can't anybody but that dude's also fucking amazingly talented i think you would enjoy it i don't there's probably not a see it's it's a again i struggle with saying like our favorite tv because the idea of television was like it's serialized it will continue like we all thought like i love lucy will just run for forever like it was a it was a break from that at but at the same time with it being streaming many series yeah. and stuff have existed for yeah. forever dude. so it's yeah. just it's all it's all that's, big well, that's what i've been struggling with because it's something is like you want to you want to give somebody something that allows you to like you get into it with either like a debut season and i can't wait for the next one or like okay, this is one that's been going. If you, of course we've listed it on every list. Why aren't you watching it? You know, I struggle with that, but there've been some really good, just like one and doneers in and out. And I'm like, if you don't ever make another one to go back to this, well, that's perfectly fine. So yeah. Blackbird number seven. Okay. Uh, my number six, I feel like is going to probably have to go on the table. Probably. Or it may be close enough that we can just go ahead and talk about it. My number six is Barry, season three. Wow. Number <laughs> six, huh? 
I mean, I don't we feel great about it. We both it for number six. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is this the only synergy we're going to have? Synergy six? I don't know, man. Yeah, Barry, number six. I mean, what, just, it's one of those things where you're like, I didn't know they had it in them. And then it's like, of course they fucking had it in them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I love, in general, I, I mean, I feel like this was the season that kind of tells you what the show is ultimately. Like if right. you were, if anybody was confused on it right. or puzzled by what his take on this character and mm-hmm. thematically what's been going on for the last several seasons. And I would also say in the, like basically I was watching three mm-hmm. as it was airing. I didn't, it, there was so much going on. I didn't have time to go back through one and two. Yeah before it started airing and I was like I'm just I'm gonna watch this week to week and every week I'm having my mind just like cracked open just like what dude the stuff they're doing mm-hmm. this season my god what just blown away and I think I've mentioned it, we talked about it at some point when we were kind of like I think we were midway through the season maybe right. and we like talked a, a little up, bit yeah. about it mm-hmm. uh but yeah Veronica had not seen any of it so basically between the penultimate and the final episode mm-hmm. airing in that week, we rewatched one and two, mm-hmm. like binge the hell out of it, like two, three episodes a night kind of thing. Um, and it was one of those things where I was, I was so happy that I was like, oh, we're going to finish this and then we're going to roll right in and I'm going to watch three again. Because as you're watching three, you're like, there is so much that's connecting with Everything. season one and so like many chickens coming home to roost basically mm-hmm. that you didn't even think were going to be significant elements. Right. But like it's that kind of long form. And again, the I feel like the reason I continue to just like be absolutely in love with it is it's the closest thing we have while being it 100% its own thing, tonally, stylistically, all of that. But it's the closest thing we have to a Breaking Bad right now. Show that I'm rewatching right now, right? Um, and almost done with, by the way. But in that, you're constantly surprised by like the just the genius of the long form writing, where it's right. like the setups and payoffs that you didn't even know were coming, right? Um, are so well done. And again, I assume like most people who were gonna watch it have watched it at this point, so we can kind of go gloves off spoiler if you want to talk about any particular element of it. But I just also wanted to highlight: I want Bill Hader to make like a twenty-five million dollar, uh, whatever, yes, um, what whatever he wants to make. But in my head, like a thriller that has some sort of action component, because the chase scene in particular, uh, that's about. It's close to the back half of the season. I forget which actual episode yeah. it is. But uh, I think it's nor- like the episode is named after the highway that they're on. Right. It's like north whatever. Um, incredible. Like yeah. one of the best set pieces I saw all year. And I was like, and this is just on my TV on a Sunday night on HBO. Yeah. Like, wow. This is great. But just the way they shot that bike chase... In the mix of like dark pitch black comedy that the show is amazing at, mm-hmm. in the midst of that action, I was just like, it was sublime, dude. I absolutely loved it. Incredible loved- season. And and the note 
We sorry. Go ahead. No, I no. want to talk about the ending before we wrap. I just this, love. Yes. I love how much they shit on Hollywood every oh, season. Yes. It's very, but like, it's so good with it. Like when they go through the entire thing, and she's like picking out her outfit. She's got the the assistant who thinks that because Barry was loud to her, like he's oh god, he's abusing her. All this other stuff. And like, oh my God, the show. And they wake up the next day and the show's no longer on the main page. I love that shit. Because it's so... To be clear... They know that more than anyone else. Yeah. To be clear, he is being emotionally abusive. As he is to everyone this season. Particularly Mr. Kusanato. Oh my God, dude. That That is probably the best thing leading into this. Knowing what that character is to him. But just like... I'll fucking kill you, kid. I'll fucking kill your son and your grandson. Like, don't, don't fuck. Like, at the end of the day, that self-preservation of like a fucking, a serial killer, like a serial killer's self-preservation mode just twitches on a dime. Like all that stuff. And he comes back and Barry's just like sitting in the house with them. You know, that shit is just so like, it's, it's one of those where it's like. Bone chilly where he's like, I love you, Mr. Kusinow. Yeah. Like, you tell me. Tell me that you love me. Yeah. Like, do you love me too? It's just, but then the the turn of it where like he gets Kuzino what he wants, and Kuzino's like, God damn it! Like, I want to hate him, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> chef's kiss, perfect, baby. dude. Oh my god, yeah. The and the but the, it, this, dude, I'm, I'm like reliving the season. This uh, the whole NoHo Hank arc with Crystal Ball. Like, oh, oh my that god, that whole relationship. The whole final set piece at the end where he's like, um, they're like gay correction. They have the tiger. Him. Yeah. yeah. They have the tiger attack like off screen. Yeah. Like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. But to wrap everything around to that finale that leaves it on a note of, wait, they already, they're, they're already shooting or they already shot season four. You're like, what is season? Is it like, is it a prison drama now? What? Like, yeah. What is season four? I have and no what idea. I love is like, and that's the, such a great place to be in. Yeah. And, but, but I love season. the, I love the fucking, the cops who know it all. And then like the, his buddy. And he's like, no, it's obviously this. It's like, nah, we know he's like a, he's actually like the wolf or the Jack and fucking Fuchs. Like the different places that he's waking up and falling in love with women. And then he's like, Oh fuck this! I can't let it go. I gotta go back. I fucking him, love him misunderstanding like the parables he's being told constantly. Yes, I love hysterically it's so funny, fucking man. good. Everybody is just top notch on that show, but this season in particular, the turn again. Spoilers if you haven't watched. Don't don't you know? Fast forward a little bit, but that play by by Cousineau at the end. Mm-hmm. The, best performance of his fucking life dude and for me again so um what is it uh is it Rhonda? what is her who's the oh my god the detective from season one who's dead what was her name oh god i can't think of her name sorry but her father who comes yes yeah who is played by i i terribly sorry that i always i just call him bunny colvin from from the wire but oh yeah when he comes in, that whole technique of like just making him say her name over and over again, mm-hmm. like how he br- and the story he tells to Fuchs, where it's like, oh yeah, I basically got this guy to like kill himself just by talking to him. He's like, 
oh, he must, you know, he must have been having a bad day. <laughs> like, doesn't want to buy into it. But anyway, that the fact that that's going to be the character that brings him down. But the turn of just like you think you're like, oh my god, like yeah, Kusanau wants to wants Barry to like deal with this. Why did he come here? He's like, oh, you got to kill him, Barry. Like, you got to take him out for me. And just that moment at the end, that look of just like no. This was the performance of a lifetime. Like I just acted the shit. Like I just oh I killed yeah. Ugh, chills, yeah. dude. So good. And again, because doesn't but I doesn't he tell him like you back. you gotta go like you gotta get out of here? Like he gives yeah. him the out. Oh, absolutely. But he's acting the shit out of it. So Barry's like, no, I'm not. Like, no, I'm gonna yeah. do this. And then it's just like, you know, free Barry. You're like, yeah. But at the same time, so like, there good. is no fucking physical evidence to, like, prove he did that to her. Oh, you and I... it all off. And while, well, and while I'm sitting there going, like, oh, of course, like, is it a prison drama now? I'm like, uh, let's not forget, though, that, like, the first episode could start with, like, yeah, Barry drives away in that last shot. He's getting taken away, and he immediately, like, kicks out the back window and snaps a dude's neck, John Wick style, and, like, he's just on the run for the season. Like, that right. is very much a possibility as well. Or um, now that his, or now that, like, his father figure mentor has turned on him, in, like, the 20 minutes it takes on that ride, he's had the reflection of, like, I probably should really stop killing people. So it's just, like, in order to not be on the run for like another snap neck murder, he like just, you know, okay, well, we'll crash the car. I'll pull you to safety. All right, bye. And like he leaves. So it's like, yeah. did he really do this murder? Can they pin the murder of the, of her on him? They don't have any physical evidence to do so. And he didn't kill these cops, but he is still on the run. It's like, how's he going to clear his name? And it's like, well, obviously I'll just get Fuchs to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or it's him and Fuchs meet up in prison and it's all hell breaks loose. And it's just a bloodbath to end the whole series. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, yes. So, Barry, season three was our, our collective number six of the year. What's your number uh, five? Transitioning into my number five, it's odd to say that I was like, Barry is the most Breaking Bad show when uh, a little show that's literally a prequel right. to Breaking Bad called Better Call Saul uh, ended this year in rarefied form uh, where it immediately arose to like... This is kind of like definitely top 20 status all time. You, It's one of those that you can have the argument now. Is it better than Breaking Bad? Uh, but for very different reasons. What's retained is the like meticulous detail and storytelling. The Again, the setup and payoff of we're going to show you a thing out of context. And we're not going to pander to you. And the smarter people in the audience may pick up on what's going on before we reveal it. But we're just, you know we tell the story through action and there's it, it's not always dialogue driven and some of the most beautiful stuff in that show happens with like not a word spoken uh but then also something that uh breaking bad never uh ultimately got to like really hammer home or be about it was more audience implied the kind of uh, oh the love or the attachment you had to the characters in better call Saul there is a love story at the center of it between Saul and Kim, uh, one of my new favorite television characters of all time. And the way that that dynamic plays out uh, through the last chunk of episodes, which they did split up, but luckily they didn't do the Breaking Bad thing of making us wait like almost a full year uh, to find out what happened. It was just like a two or three month break. But uh, it just, 
it could not have been more satisfying an ending and i just it was it was just chef's kisses all around man mm. uh yeah beautiful end to a great slow burn show that just always had the confidence to just know exactly what pace it wanted to proceed at and just took its time did its thing didn't outstay its welcome and went out on like the highest of high notes just just class across the board absolutely love that show and so now we're getting Hule's Rules, right? Is that the, the spinoff comedy we're getting? I think we're done, but there was a bidding war for the next Vince Gilligan show, which will star Rhea Seahorn, who was Kim on Better Call Saul. Huh. And I believe Apple won that bidding war. So I will be reactivating my Apple TV Plus around 2024 whenever we get that show. Okay. Because uh, I cannot wait to see what that man does next. But it will, I think, officially be the first outside of the Breaking Bad verse thing they have done in 15 years. Yeah, probably close to 20 by Which that is wild. Uh, but yeah. Talk about a dried up teat. Just yeah. done. I mean, I, I think it's done. We got two very lengthy shows and a movie. Let us not forget about El Camino starring Aaron Paul. Uh, I don't think there's any stories left to tell. I think everybody is dead. Okay. Unless, um, unless, everybody is either unless, dead or in prison. Walt didn't actually die. You're one of those people. Okay. No, no. I'm, of course he died. Are you kidding me? Okay. Uh, you're number five, sir. Severance. Okay. Okay. I'm just glad it wasn't like you're number one and I stopped all over. No, no, no. Number five, Severance. It was your number ten. Great show. And yeah. to be clear, a full-on ten out of ten for me. This is one of the best first seasons of TV I've yes. seen in a long time. We talked about it when it came out a little bit. We did. The idea of a concept that on one level seems like, oh man, that'd be perfect. The depths of horror at which that show goes to, to like explain to you that, no, that, that really, you really think you want to do that? Because you don't, you don't ever think about the twist and the crux of it, which is you don't think about the side of you you don't know. I mean, you can literally take that into a, the realm of like the conscious and unconscious or subconscious, but it's literally, you are one, and, and it hits home with everything. You know, you're one person at work. You would not want those people at work to see you okay. out or see you do this, you know? Okay. And vice versa, you know? It, it's, is, it is a absolutely brilliant concept, I yeah. agree. And I found this out at the beginning of the recording of this podcast. Uh -huh. I'm kind of glad you made me table it because kind of been freaking out internally and I need to check my emails to make sure I still have contact with this person. So a couple years ago, mm -hmm. you may recall your boy did a little solo pod. Yeah. About a show called here and now all by yourself. Yeah. Right. And that reaction is about how it was met in the world. Right. Okay. <laughs> Utter silence right <laughs> and indifference uh -huh. but one of the byproducts of me doing those episodes was there was a gentleman by the name of muhammad el masri who was a staff writer on that show and a story editor mm -hmm. who reached out to me through email and we were having conversations and he was going to come on the podcast and talk to me about the show mm -hmm. and the writing process and everything the show wasn't very well received, um, and HBO kind of unceremoniously was like, no season two. Don't worry about it. And 
basically I kind of hit him up to be like, hey, you know, I heard what happened with the show. I'd still love to talk. And he was very much like, I appreciate it. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I'm super bummed right now. And I don't know that it would be like appropriate to talk about it, given that like we're done now. Like, I don't want to like burn bridges or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know what the context was, but it was basically like, hey, I'm sorry. I did really want to do that. But given the recent news, like I'm not really in the mood. And I was like, I get it, dude. You, like, you want to come on and talk about a show that it's like, well, there is no chapter two to it. And like all of these dangling threads are just dangling threads because we didn't write them yet. I just realized he's one of the co-creators and writers of Severance. This is his next thing after the so terrible experience I, of I HBO. Literally, I the next thing your, your, was your first, he did fucking Severance. Your first sentence needs to be, hey, so I see you bounce back. Um, <laughs> you see things are looking a little yeah. bit better right now. No, you just text me, hey, man, That's have you seen this great, show? Hey, I was I'm, just browsing through some stuff. Uh, I know we haven't talked about, but have you seen this show, Severance? I yeah. think it's really good. Ser- seriously, Muhammad, if there is any chance that you still listen to any of our podcasts all these years later, I want you to know, dude, you fucking made it, man. You made a fantastic series, co-created with Dan Erickson, who I believe is a first-time writer, creator on anything, according to IMDb. And, of course, directorially, most of the season was shepherded by Ben Stiller, who I need to watch Escape at Denimora. The Paul Dano, Benicio Del Toro, Patricia Arquette, based on a true story one. I think it was on Showtime or Cinema. I don't know who had it. Is that it. the uh, they escape from prison thing? Yes. Upstate? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know Meta- the real. I know the real life case. I don't exactly. Know yeah. Apparently, the series was incredible, but he yeah. directed all of that. Huh. And I mean, he's been directing forever, and I've always been like, yeah, Ben Stiller, good director, but never been like, oh wow. And this series, beyond again being an amazing just conceptually amazing it's also visually oh yeah conceptually amazing yes like the the you know the combination of the two melds together perfectly again when i was trying to sell people on it it's like to me it's like more accessible charlie kaufman there's a lot of charlie kaufman right in here but again it still feels very much like its own thing because like you said the way it plums the depths of that concept and one of the best absolute best cliffhangers i've seen oh in a long God. time but particularly do you want to talk finales that final episode was the most like sphincter clenching yeah edge of your seat what the hell is going to happen next and the fact that they sustain that tension for an hour and leave you with it there is no relief to that tension right and every time I think about it, I'm just like, I have to know how this story ends. I cannot wait to see what they do with season two. Uh, yeah, Severance. And we talked about the main thing we already talked about. In addition to hooray for our, you know, my tangential friend, Muhammad Al-Masri. Um, we were just so happy that Adam Scott is finally getting his just desserts. Oh, yeah. A longtime favorite of both of ours who, uh, you know, people were finally finally seeing all the shades okay my number four yes sir we own this city i talked about it earlier this year we i'm not gonna bore it. you yeah. with it it's the new david simon george pelicanos joint do you guys it know incredible and it features the fact i know you still haven't watched it and correct that quickly because what are you talking about 
You watch this? What are you talking? What what show are you just talking about? We own this city. Do you guys know? There's people I've been talking about. I'm a bad cop. We've <laughs> talked about this before in the show, Noah. These guys out there saying I'm a I'm a dirty cop. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, you know, pushed robot stole all their money. I'm like, that's not cool, Cap. <laughs> We've talked about a dirty cop. You are, are a dirty, dirty cop. cop. Um, yeah, Wayne Jenkins, the this the television uh, maybe stole all of television this year. Yeah, uh, John Bernthal in a completely committed, unhinged, diabolically charismatic, dark, twisted, hilarious patron. Pat Ron, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the idea it's that Patron, the idea that Wayne. at the end of the day, part of the reason this guy was such a fucking prick was because he was a complete moron. Yes, and he got teased because of it, and he was like, he gets shamed because he brought the tiny crabs to the party, and it's like, you know what? I just want to make a little bit more so that I won't get fucking shit on by my coworkers because I have like tiny dick, you know, energy, I guess. And I have to project all this syndrome, macho yeah. bullshit, and it all spirals. And again, the layers of that show, and the just to get to the end thesis statement, where it was like, I knew where you were headed with this, David Simon. I'm like, thank you for saying the quiet part that's been in all of your shows out loud, which is just like, can we end the war on drugs, please? Can we just? Put it the fuck to bed. There is no point in this shit anymore. It has done more harm than good. And the fact that, again, to me, you should be able to show this to any person with half a brain. Show them these six episodes of television. And it just makes sense. Like, it is the most convincing argument for, can we start to just get rid of some of this bullshit can we start to tear down some of the bullshit structure here and it's so clear-headed and focused and it's not concerned with being like a traditional narrative tv show Mm -hmm. it is so clearly idea driven but then on top of that it has these performances that just you're like why am i in love with these fucking dirty ass cops they're so repulsive but I cannot look away from it. Right. Like, it's so well done. The uh, it, It's the pinnacle of, of so much of the storytelling they've much done like for the last several years. Much like most of the administration and, did. I cannot look away. But yeah, they did. I know, man. It's, it's just... Yeah, it's a it bummer. Is, it's, it's such a strong distillation. And, it, and again, while I wanted more from it, it said everything it needed to say. Oh. And... I that, could watch it again at that the drop last, of a hat. That last episode when it's like, and then the new mayor came in and the new police person came in and they, and then like two months later they got arrested for corruption and they're all gone now. And Baltimore, you know, we're one small nuclear power plant away, meltdown from just cutting the city off and being done. And that's a shame because I hear great things, but I also hear terrible things. And it's one of those where you're like, it can't be this bad. And if this is, if there's a modicum, a modicum of truth to anything in that show, 
it is that bad and worse. You I know? mean, and that's that's the that's thing. The po- that's is, the point. Yeah, it is nothing but truth. Most right. of it is from exactly. literal court depositions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like I, we when we talked about earlier, I knew the case of Sean. Is his name Sean? Is it Spencer? Sean Spice, oh. the cop that died, and that treated it as like you know he got you know shot, gunned down in the line of duty, and that goes back to which I there was no correlation to the idea that he had worked with them. They might possibly have Sean Suter. Suter. I wanted to get his name. Correct. They might possibly have something on him. So like, but yeah, it's that's better what, if I that do is, that. Yeah. Uh, one of the most upsetting things yes. in a show that is full of upsetting things. But again, that, my, that Bernthal performance is undeniable. My it favorite is, is when they, they have them all come in on their day off and they're arresting each one of them as they come in. Mm-hmm. And like Bernthal to the last minute is like Wayne Jenkins, you know, it's like, <laughs> yes, he thinks, yes. he thinks it will save him right. at, at every turn. He just, yeah. And they, and you think about it, like, had he been the first to flip, he probably gets the lightest sentence, but he's in there be like, uh, no one's, everyone's keeping their mouth shut, no one's saying nothing. Like, you know, it's like, all right. And then they are all like, no, Wayne did this. Like, right, I got I proof. That's the thing that they don't count on it is it's like, no, the, like, there is loyalty between thieves when you're on the other side of the law. It just doesn't exist between cops. They will turn each on each other immediately if right. they think it'll save their skin. Okay. Uh fantastic show. Uh did that make your list? I I knew it was gonna be on yours okay, and I had so. a again because of the episode time and it one and done, I was like, eh fair enough. I want to do can, something that we, we can, can talk it about where it's gonna have multiple people. Uh your number four. My number four was a very, very hard turn, um, and uh, it's going to be the boys. The boys. Hell yeah. My number 15. Okay. Great season of television. Uh, I mean, Herogasm alone is the reason to watch this show. I mean, probably the most juiced up I've been by like an actual like superhero fight in a long time, but the, oh, yeah. the climactic fight in the finale, oh, yeah. uh, for me... Very much delivered. I definitely the tension of the buildup of like, yeah, let's get these three guys in a room together and yeah. see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, continues to be, you know, again, the we how many times the, probably the most talked about one of the most talked about things was just the opening sequence of season three. Yeah, just the true dick on the table moment yep. of like. Hey, you haven't seen know, this show in a we while. We know we've been off the air for a little right. bit. Right. Just to clear the air and remind everybody what we're here to do, this is what we're about. We're about blowing up dicks from the inside out. Yeah. You ever seen that before? Nope. No, you haven't. <laughs> Only and, on the boys. <laughs> you know what? The, and the <laughs> to have it earmarked with, you know, okay, they drop him in a bag of cocaine and shake him up as a tiny person. <laughs> But then to watch him, like, obviously walk out, like, was tiny, but, like, grows and puts, a, like, a towel over his shoulder. It's like, that dude's been in someone's pee hole, like, the, like a minute ago in Herogasm. This guy just got out of some guy's urethra or whatever and, like, got out of this guy's shaft. And I'm just like, obviously nothing happened to him. He's still fine. And, of course, they have, like, you know, the big, you know quote-unquote, I guess, terror, like, the you know, explosion, whatever, hergasm, but I just, 
the stuff with like um uh the deep like eat the fucking squid like <laughs> I, she just wants to she, she wants to talk to you babe she's she really she's really feeling you <laughs> like just everything with him and a fucking squid yes. or an octopus and is so fucking just great stuff justice and, for kevin excuse me and oh my god kevin <laughs> and anthony Starr continues to be one oh my god ones, just like if there was any justice like this maybe when it's all said and done maybe when they finally get to a final season or like I don't know, but I'm just like Anthony Starr needs to be recognized for one of the best villains in oh, yeah. like modern television history. It's so, so enjoyable. Uh, but everybody's just crushing it on that. Oh, show. like yeah, I mean, because to go like just the different roles he plays, the like the self, like the inner self monologue he has about like everything, and then like inviting Starlight's friend to join, and then it's like, oh yeah, two seconds later, oh, he's murdered on the top of a roof. And it's like, this is what I think of the new member of the team. Like, right. don't don't cross me. And then you've got, I mean, fucking Carl Urban's Carl Urban, but, you know. And and Jack, Jack, I Jack mean, Quaid. come on, man. You got Scream in the beginning of the year. You got this. I mean, I, I any more if I can he's get to that kid, it, that's great. He's you doing know? it. Uh, yeah, yeah boys, four, season boys. three, great time. My number three, we can finally talk about it, since I, uh, you know, I'm actually showing it some fucking respect. Andor? I don't know why we're talking about it like this all of a sudden. It's only the best Star Wars thing uh, maybe fucking ever. You didn't watch Kenobi? <laughs> Is Ken- If you're about to tell me that Kenobi is higher on your oh, list, no. than I'm okay. just asking I was about, if you watch Kenobi. I, mean, I, come I on, thought brother. I thought I might have a brain aneurysm. Uh, a brain aneurysm. Kenobi is Kenobi's is, is child's play. It's <laughs> fucking child's play. What are we it's, talking it's, about? Here? It's it's easy. It's Kraft macaroni and cheese. Not even handmade. It's easy mac. <laughs> it's easy mac. I'm boiling. Andor is fucking. I I made this shit from scratch. I formed this pasta with my bare fucking hands. I needed the dough. And there's only I picked one out way. the cheeses. I hand grated them. Yeah. I Stellan size gotted them all over the place. <sighs> Luthen, dude. Like, come on. What? L- Luthen. That's his name, right? I don't know. The character name. Okay. You know what? It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. You know what does matter? This oh, is the most well-written, yes, well-acted, yes, piece of Star Wars entertainment, yes, in the history of the franchise. It instantly you can, you can say it. It's okay to say. It. I just want to. I want to start normalizing that it's okay to say it because it's a true statement. The writing of any of the it's never been of this caliber now some could argue like now, who but wrote is it this, wasn't it Kasdan didn't Kasdan one of the Kasdans have something to do with some of the writing this is a Tony Gilroy only T to B oh okay uh, well no there's other right I mean there's a writer's but this is Tony Gilroy okay who gave us a 2 by 2 retro review Michael Clayton uh, written and directed by also, the, uh, so the man knows behind his the way Bo- around a political thriller. The man behind the Bourne franchise uh, wrote all of them, I believe. All four. Even the last one? Yeah. Jason Bourne. I think he directed that one. That explains a lot. Maybe. He's no, no, no. I, oh, I thought you meant the. Uh, oh, there's five. That's right. Yeah. The one that was filming in Vegas while we were there for my birthday. Right. Yeah. Um, 
don't you don't remember it because what? Let's not talk about those. Let's talk about Michael Clayton. <laughs> let's talk about duplicity. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about Andor. The, the good ones. And yes, let's talk about Andor. I love it because I have always questioned in the Star Wars lore. I played Kotor. I knew about like thousands of years ago, but I have this this exploration has been patered to me. Give me the time between episode three, episode four. There's so much to mine in there. We're still only five years before episode four. Right, right. But people, for whatever reason, a lot of people I know personally, they don't care for Rogue One. They're not a fan. This make will make you love Rogue One well, even more. That's what I was going to say. Agreed. Because we, we had this conversation with the the brothers Blanchard right. a couple years back about the cur- current kind of state of the franchise as a yeah. whole at that point. And I think we had, had we maybe just had Mandalorian season. Had we even had Mandalorian season? I don't yet? think Mandalorian had come out. We'd seen Rogue we One. We were kind of talking in relation to Rogue One, Last Jedi, maybe even Solo at that point. I don't know. Right. But... Which I did go back and watch Solo. I appreciate it. I like I, it. I, I, again, I saw Solo like a year removed from it coming out, and I was like, what was everybody so mad about? Right. Um, was that a Ron Howard from start to finish, or did somebody get kicked off? That was originally supposed to be Lord and Miller, the geniuses behind 21 and 22 Jump Street. Right. In the Lego movie. Right. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. But of course, we can't let them play with our IP. <laughs> Let's bring in Ron Safety Man Howard. Uh but again, I'm it not. It did feel really safe. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I'm. Not, I am uh, on record not a Ron Howard fan of him as a director. Great dude, and love him as an actor. Yeah. Love him as a narrator of Arrested Development. Not mm-hmm. a fan of his movies for the most part. Uh, but I like Solo. So, but yeah, I I went to Rogue One hoping like, oh, I'm gonna love this. And by all means, Tony Gilroy was brought in late in the game on that one as like a save this shit, like. It's kind of a mess. Who made that? Can one? you? F- I believe it's directed by Gareth Edwards, right? The Godzilla guy, not Gareth Evans, the Raid guy. Yes, Gareth Edwards. Edwards yeah, I believe, but and with writing credit by Gary Whitta, who worked on like Book of Eli. Mm-hmm. But then I think basically it was another thing where Kathleen Kennedy was like, "I don't know about this," and brought in Gilroy at the end basically to like fix some shit, ghost direct a little bit and rework the script. Cause he's, he's been a script doctor for fucking ever beyond the stuff that you know him for. It's like, right. he's one of those always in the background in Hollywood, just like make like a fixer, a like better. a Michael Clayton type. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Wonder where he got the idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very much so. So I think that's the thing with Rogue One is it's like, it is this kind and that's, I felt that way watching it where it felt like there was these missing elements where it's like, why is Forrest Whitaker only in this movie for five minutes? Like, mm-hmm. he was all over the marketing. Like, what is this? Why do we have Mads Mikkelsen, but, like, I don't feel like you gave him anything to do. Why do we have Ben Mendelsohn, a dude who was, like, made to be a Star Wars villain, and I feel like he's shortchanged because you make him, you know, basically nothing because he had, you know, you eventually reveal that, oh, Vader's in this. Yeah. Uh, but... That's what you got to remember yeah, about all so this stuff. So anyways, all all of that Rogue One stuff was kind of, you know, I was I was not excited about this. And like Neither was I, I was I was excited for Kenobi because I was like, you McGregor's back, like I'm interested to see what they do with this and like how are they going to bring Hayden Christensen into this? Of course. And they did and it perfectly sh- with the mask. And that show kind of half delivered. 
in as much as like the fact that it had to be a show. I think if that movie, like the show was a movie, if it had just been a movie, I feel like it would have worked a lot better. Yeah. But to, down to the point of like in that final episode, and like you're having this confrontation that we've been, I guess we didn't know we were waiting to see, but like. Oh, we're gonna get to see them fight again. They fought again in between this and a new hope. Like what? Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, we got to be cross cutting with like baby Luke running around on his home planet because I guess we got to tie up the storyline. But like, I'm literally talking just the fact that it's structured like a, a TV show, and it's like I know. Yes, we have the movies where it's like in the climax, you're cross cutting between like. You have the epic battle and like we're not always focused on but i was just like but like can we let this exist as like a cinematic moment and like right. just have this play out mm-hmm. not broken up there were several moments like that throughout the series i also felt like it took a while to get going and then was kind of rushed mm-hmm. like it just all of it i was like maybe give me the the cohesive tight two-hour version of this maybe get tony to come in and write some of that right another another weak point one could argue uh is that you gave me an entire series about obi-wan kenobi and i don't think you actually told me or revealed anything new or interesting about him he had a family and brother he was taken from was that in there yeah he talks to leia about like oh i remember like my brother having to leave and all that she was nice always loved to see jimmy smith's the thing i was going back back to with andor that has been the most curious time for me because it is the time when there's still the facade of governance and democracy with the Republic. You know, they mentioned the Senate and they mentioned that stuff in the prequels and then they mentioned it once or twice once the Emperor is the Emperor. But this is before, it's like the, the Empire, quote unquote, is like, oh, the Jedis were kind of assholes. We just, we murdered them all, but we're good. Like, we're still going to have planets being able to do whatever they want. And this is like, no, we're putting the boot down now. This is Hitler taking a step into Poland and then further and further and further. This is that, but only when it has to be. It's not like a, it's not policy for the empire to just like, you know, neck boot. It's shit gets riled up. We're going to come in and we'll do it because it looks like we're the better. We're the good guys. Right. If there's an uprising, we need to put it down because the empire is eternal. It is all far reaching. You know, we can do all this and all that. And it's that time where it's like, especially towards the end, you get the vibe of like, of course, things would have to be like this in every single star system. When yeah, he gets these little when bits he gets of escalation. When he gets, yeah. After he, he, he does the job, he gets the money, he gets what he thought he wanted. And he gets arrested for just being around. Yeah. Just walking down the fucking street. You know, I don't know what it is about maybe being uh, Spanish or Latin or whatever in the empire. Maybe they don't like you for that. Maybe there was some profiling. I don't know. I think Diego Luna is amazing. They might have been profiling him for that. I have no idea. But um, nonetheless, he gets thrown in prison and fucking Gollum's there to help him break out. It's amazing. But he can't swim. Bro. He can't fucking swim. Oh, man. There's only one way out. Like, what I just. A great episode. That dude. I was like, are we? Am I getting a fucking prison show in the middle of this fucking Star Wars thing? And yeah, you kind of think like, oh, did they kind of? Is this gonna be a bad idea? Like, but it makes this perfect. Mids, but it's so it's so it's, well done. And then of course the tie-in at the very end, where it's like, yeah, we kind of could have guessed, but yeah, um, you did see the post-credit sequence, right? What happened? 
they just reveal that what they were working on in the prison camp, they're building parts for the Death Star. Oh yeah, I saw the, the Death Star being shot. made. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the connection. It that, was like, ab- what they were making was that. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But I can't. People. People were speculating about that online, where it's like, oh, what if they're like these right. things, these gears that like they're constantly struggling with for multiple episodes, blah blah blah. Yeah. But yeah, that build up to the prison break, the little mini arcs of the right. stories were great. But that, oh man, that finale was when Martha. When they play Martha, who Martha, Martha, who is, if I'm not mistaken, Dennis Hopper's henchwoman in Mar Super Mario Brothers. I'm sure she's got a lot of other great credits, but that's what I will always remember that young woman for. Seriously. I don't know her name. But when they play her hologram speech, and she's like, I'd be fighting these bastards. I was like, bro, I don't really have any oppressors right now, but I wish I did because I want to go fuck somebody up. You know? I guess maybe like Bill's credit, but like, can't really fight those with your fists. But still, you know? Are you looking her name up while I'm vamping like this? I'm almost positive it's Fiona Shaw, but I didn't want to say it like confidently. And well, then it's Fiona Shaw, you asshole. It put is Fiona res- Shaw. Put some respect on but her I name. But I was going to say, yeah, put some respect on her name for Super Mario Brothers. Another 2x2 two two retro review that I think was paired with Michael Clayton. Synergy, mother out the motherfucking ass. Mm. Yeah, but that whole yeah, that whole battle sequence after that. The, no, I, everything, again, the, the, inc- the inciting incident for basically what you could call the trigger point of like this is the this is the line in the sand this is where like the revolution the rebellion is like firmly kicked off mm-hmm. the fact that what starts it is some empire bootlicking piece of trash kicking my boy B2 emo the greatest droid of all time bro how and sad you're just were you? immediately How like, fucking you're sad just like, you? I will kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. This fucking um, droid was just asking if you don't leave him alone in a house. The sentience of it all. all. All I want, Gavin, if it exists on the market, if it's around for this Christmas, if they make a B2 emo that you can have in your house with this little charging station. That vacuums for His you. His cute little charging station. Talks to you. You can put Alexa in him. I, whatever it cost. Right. But he has to talk exactly like that. Um, coolest droid ever. Seriously. Yeah. Great. The fact, again, the idea that you can introduce in a show that's not concerned with Jedi or lineage or any of this shit, but introduce me to a bunch of ground level characters and on top, and like some of the, some of which that we know from canon, mm-hmm. but a lot that are like completely new to us, um, and include you know also in there have droids that we've never seen before. That I am now like, he's as cool as R two D two. He's as cool as you know. It makes you wonder why more of them don't talk to like yeah. it's only Anthony Daniels in every other movie. There's some other talking. Someone's yeah, and I got, again the droids They're usually more the computerized. Right, yeah, they yeah. play around with it, but uh, just again every. All, all the choices they made, the grounding of it, um, it was just a pleasure to watch yeah. every week. I just, I looked forward to it. I like, they just never hit a false note. Yeah. It would, and the idea that like, we know we have 12 more of these and then it's just going to lead into Rogue One. Like I have so much confidence that I'm mm-hmm. like, we're going to be sitting here this time, I probably guess 2024. I think there's a gap. 
but we're going to be sitting here when season two drops and like we're probably going to be it's probably going to be right in the same slot or maybe it creeps up to the number one i mean there was i was debating with myself where i was like was this the best i mean to take such a firmly established piece of ip and to be able to kind of reinvent the wheel with it this late in the game at this like this level like, to me is like pretty unprecedented mm-hmm. um couldn't have been more happy with it. that was my number three uh let's let's round this out baby my uh you're number two no my number three you're number three we my, can do that too my number three noah it is still running up that hill it's stranger things season four ride or die for it every year you should know this this year is no exception um here's this rank for you overall overall um I go uh I go one well you talk top to bottom two four, whatever three, way you two four three one two four three two, one. two four three one okay yeah two will always be like the the turn of Steve Harrington becoming the babysitter and like I think I go three yeah. One, huh? two, eh. four. You don't like this one at all. I got no, uh, no, that's not what I said. Uh, I'm gonna basically throw my objections at you. We can, uh-huh. we can deal with it. There was a lot made about the the budgetary increase, the longer episodes, yes. the longer season, mm-hmm. etc. I don't think it was an additive in any way. Mm-hmm. Um. The splintering of the... I get why thematically through either people's schedules or just them. It seemed very clear by the end of it that they wanted to have this big, broad, branching, you know. We've done our multiple storylines going on within the town in previous seasons. Where mm-hmm. We're following our different batches of characters. Can we stretch that out across yeah. the globe? Can yeah. we have all these different threats? Can we right? have this woman leave her children Can at home? A, yes. Makes and total travel. sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your kids who never get wrapped up in anything weird ever. Uh, well, they're not supposed to now. They're in California. They're not in Hawkins, Indiana. It's okay to leave them alone. Yeah, because it's all about Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so I just, I felt like at a certain point, the need, the structure of the show of wanting to kind of cross cut within episodes between what was going on with everybody very game of thrones ish Mm -hmm. where it's like well here's our 20 minute chunk here or we're gonna cross cut throughout the episode whatever just really like it sir it didn't really service all of the plot lines for me what i wanted from this season i wanted the satanic panic the towns riled up Mm -hmm. by the jocks yeah Eddie's targeted, mm-hmm. all of that stuff in Hawkins. Play it in with Beckna. You can still do the Hawkins lab, the backstory, the history, blah, blah, blah. But focus in on that because the chopping up of the Russia segment, complete failure in my book. But if you gave me an episode, one episode where Murray and 
So you, Winona Ryder. Hang on, let me, let me, me. Joyce. Joyce, um, thank you. Put some respect on her name. Uh, What you want is a Pulp Fiction. You want a Pulp Fiction out of Game of Thrones. You want something to happen in, like, you want to start all this stuff and, like, partway through the episode with all the stuff that's getting riled up is, okay, well, Mike, you're going to go to L.A. And he's gone. And you don't see him for I also don't want the L.A. sequence. Like, literally you could have removed them from this season right and it would have affected nothing except for they bring in the whole like they find her in the lab and all of that shit but again and you gotta get will alone with mike because will is like i you know my i'm losing my friend even more i've been dealing i've been harboring his girlfriend here all that yeah i felt like it was a little too drawn out it was a little overblown and it felt like a little wheel spinny so you're saying keep them knowing their own episodes so even if like episode one and two is like we build up to the satanic panic but then episode three is mike left in episode one what happened to him he went to california and I, all the stuff that ha- like split them up I per think episode. That, I think not that would crisscrossing. Have played, I think that would have played better for me overall. But right. I also just think that that was the the again the satanic panic plotline was the strongest thing it had going. Yeah, and it should have just stayed in Hawkins because again for me, none of the LA. I mean the LA stuff was really just an excuse for like we have this bigger budget. Let's do some Warner crazy shootouts and throw the kids in the midst of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get that that plays for spectacle in the same way that the Russia stuff with the plane crash and all of that plays for spectacle. Mm-hmm. So then, but, how do you, all right, if we remove that, how do you give the girl her powers back? How do huh? you do it? You do it in the Hawkins lab again? Oh, no. She can still, you know, go through her whole isolated out in the desert thing. How's that work in Indiana? What's that? How's that work in Indiana? How does she beaming it back thing? Like yeah. whatever they do. Well, no, because like it's, it's obvious they're like at an area 51 and it is all out in California. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit the stuff in California is just to sell tie and stuff. Cause I've been eating the shit out of those surfer boy pepperoni pizzas. Them shits is slamming Palermo. Thank you. Palermo but, makes it. Yes. Oh, I love Palermo's pizza. Dude, general. it's a hand, it's a hand toss. It's not even a thin crust. Have I not? It's so. They got the pineapple one. They got the the meat trio. They got the supreme. They got the pepperoni. Where are you getting this at? Uh, Walmart. I guess I need to check Walmart. Dude, I don't know seriously, food lines been carrying this, but I will. Uh, it's so good. I'll give it a spin. Yeah, it's worth it. You get glasses and shit. It's great. You got out. You got uh argyle on the side my point is is that that stuff they pedge their bets on it by spending the money on it everything from those sequences has been marketed as a tie-in to make them and netflix more money so you're gonna have an even bigger budget for whatever you want to do to end this thing in five seasons so while it's like it isn't the strongest stuff it does have some of the best stuff to me that i wanted to see and I know there's been speculation. I know there's been stuff on it online. Whether or not the character of Will is essentially like, I am gay and I am I really am in love with a friend of mine. Just on a level, not like whatever. Like having to, whatever, that, that beside it. The stuff that has gone through with him of like growing up and changing and it not being what it used to be from season to season. After like three, he kind of quits whining about it. 
you know, he's still kind of like, I thought we were going to hang out, but it's like, yeah, we all have girlfriends now. And he's like, all right, you know, you get a little bit of it there, but that progression of just different stages that like I had all friends and then they kind of, they went away and then we moved away because I said this the other day, I was at, um, my, my, my buddy trans little girl's birthday party. And I was like, I don't know a single person from the three birthdays that I had while I was in Japan. I don't know what a single one of those kids is doing. I know two people that I've caught up with since I got back and Facebook became a thing. But Noah, Noah, Noah and I were with the same kids from basically second and fourth grade until we graduated high school. So the idea of like you're moving, it just all the stuff that gets worked out in that between them, you know, mm-hmm. that is some of the stuff I appreciate about it. So it's kind of why I don't want to let it go and be like, eh, because you're right. Ultimately, it doesn't need to be the thing. I love the Russia trip. I love that moment of them being reunited. I love Mur- I fucking love Murray anytime. Give me him all day long and Joyce. And, you know, we talked about it. This is a woman who is so fucking concerned that her magnets aren't working that she goes on this crazy cross country journey with these guys or not around cross state lines in season three. Do you think she's not going to get on a plane and go to Russia our our sworn enemy in the eighties to try and find her friend? It's just kind of weird that she doesn't tell her kids where she's going anyways. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it might seem not all of it worked for me. I didn't hate yeah. it. It was still good. It's just probably my least favorite season thus far. And I really hope that season five brings it home. All that said, it still manages to hit incredible highs with Eddie as a new character who I absolutely fell in love with. The whole arc of him and Dustin and the Steve and the like the love triangle. Mm-hmm. I mean, all great stuff. Um, I did... Oh, last thing I will say. I, I'm sorry. Again, to the point of like stretching things out and kind of like wheel spinny. Steve's whole arc is like maybe Nancy's into me. Maybe we're going to do this again. Which in retrospect, with the way that they leave things, is only there to suggest or maybe dangle to make you think that they would actually kill off Steve. Which I never for a second thought they'd be stupid enough to do. But there's multiple points where they have him, you know, dive into the lake, by go out in the right. lake by himself. Mm-hmm. And then he transitions to the other side. And like, there's so many times where you're like, oh, he should have been killed by now or whatever. And again, I think the only point of him having the will they won't they with him and nancy again like are they going to get back together now that jonathan's out of the picture sort of and like they're in this weird vague gray area and clearly he, he still feels something for her. it's like ultimately all of that was just there to subconsciously as an audience because of the way things work to make us think that they were building up to killing him off right which clearly i also was like they're never going to do that so I just looking back, I was like, so what did Steve actually have to one of the best characters in the show, one of the fan favorites, what did he really get to do this season? To he, me, not much. He got to shepherd a friend through what it means to lose someone and you can't tell anyone about it. He got to still be there for Dustin. It's like a My Two Dads. It's like a, you know, it's one of those kind of sitcom things. Oh, that's there. I'm just saying mm. that's not his arc until the very end of the, that's, that's not an arc. That's just yeah a character moment between him and Dustin, a reigniting well, it, of the friendship, but that's not. The, but I, it starts with them giving each other shit about like, 
What? And neither here nor there. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot right. of characters. They, well, they you can't can say do. that about anything. What did he do? I mean, obviously, two. Again, he became the babysitter. Three. Right. He's still the babysitter, and they they just happen to discover this underground whatever at the expense well, of. Well, and them. they pair him with Robin, which was also yeah. another great addition. And they, yeah. again, I have. Enjoyed... I feel like she's the most shortchanged of all of them, though. Like, yes, she does get her little like the girlfriend thing happens, and that's cute for her. And it's great that, like, you know, you get her and Nancy interacting. But I feel like I wanted more of her. Yeah. And, and I like that they pair up and it's like, uh-uh, adults only. Like, you know, get you kids run along, you okay. know. Okay, okay. But, yeah. I'm oh. sorry. We just, we got yeah. to round into All right, so your number, your number two. My number two, we don't have to go too in-depth on. Uh, I've talked about it pretty lengthily during the primal pod and cast that I did with uh, Mikey Chappelle, but Mm -hmm. uh, the bear, which was on FX, a brand new show this year. uh, One of the biggest out of the gate successes in my book. Uh, Anybody who's ever worked in the service industry, particularly in a restaurant of any real size or, you know, will just immediately key into how like lived in and authentic the show is in the writing and the performances. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of a word of mouth phenomenon this year. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. So if you haven't already watched it, it's available on Hulu. Uh, it is an FX show, and I think it was it was originally just FX on Hulu. They dropped them all at once, and then it was so successful that they started airing it week to week on FX proper, hmm. just to kind of get another bite at like, hey, people love this. Uh, yeah, but just absolutely blew me away i think there's room to grow for sure there's a little bit of the show kind of figuring out what it is for the first couple episodes but very quickly uh finds its sweet spot and just like some of my new favorite characters uh on tv and i can't wait to get back to visiting them i think they'll have a new season uh imminently i think like next year so Hmm. uh yeah the bear i did we talk about this at all I don't think so. I mean, I've basically, seen like Jeremy Allen White, who was on Shameless, which I didn't watch, but yeah. uh, he was also in the Rental with. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was exactly. the one who wasn't uh, our boy. Uh, oh my god, I'm doing terrible with names today. Not Franco, but no, the Rental. Dave Franco directed it. Who yeah, was the boy in the that? guest. Oh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, thank you. Yeah. He was the one who wasn't Dan Stevens. Oh, yeah, anyway. the other one, yeah. Yes. Anyways, uh, Jeremy Allen White's the lead in it, but yeah, he is like a five-star chef or whatever, uh, high-end trainer or whatever, and his brother, who I won't spoil, who plays that character, because he only shows up for one scene, but... Uh, is it Ryan Reynolds? No, but it's somebody you'll be happy to see. His who brother, it? who has... Uh, recently died and left him his uh, Italian beef shop in Chicago. Uh, he comes back to run it. So he tries to apply some of his high-class, hoity-toity chefing stuff to a, a very traditional, like, sandwich shop. In Chicago. Uh, yeah, and oh. it is very funny, very heartfelt, uh, and just very real. I don't, uh, and has some beautiful observations about the service industry and food, uh, in general. And it's just, it's something special. Really, really spoke to me. Uh, the bear that's FX on Hulu. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and assume that our 
number one is shared at this yeah, point. Yeah, my, my number two, though? Yeah, I mean, I guess we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot we flipped the structure. Yeah, man. we flipped I'm the structure. So sorry. Do you want to guess what my number two is? Oh, yeah, no. I, I yeah. think I got it. What is Well, it? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know if you would have flip-flopped them. No. I think I know where your heart's at with this one. What do you think my heart is Your number gonna... two is the fifth season of a show. Yes. And it's called Cobra Kai. Of course. And it was... It was a masterful season of television. A motherfucking chef's kiss. And it's uh, it was my number 12. I mean, that just shows you how good yeah. this year was. Everybody knows how much we love this fucking show. Here's all I want to say. We are going to do a show about it at some point if Noah ever wants to record something outside of end of the year <laughs> stuff and or two by two reviews. Trust us, <laughs> it will be up at some point. And now we take. I think you maybe we put the unanimous. I, th- I think maybe we put two by twos on a hiatus for twenty twenty three, and we just get back to whatever the hell we want to talk about on a week to week basis. But we just try and make it more consistent. I don't know. I tell you every time I leave here, you let me know when you're ready to record again, and I'm always ready. I was ready for two months. Okay. I got well, lots. Of- I was busy, so yeah. Okay. Busy getting sick and becoming famous, <laughs> making music. I got it. Okay. You want to tell the folks what I shared? Number one season Wait, of television was wh- for number. I, I am trying to wrap it up, but okay. a moment for Cobra Kai season five because I gotta say two things. Terry Silva. Uh, well, yeah, that's two Mike, words. Mike Bonds. Okay, we will talk about it more in depth. I agree, but I just we cannot thank these gentlemen enough. We've done it so many times, but creators after our own hearts, but. For me, I just gotta say, they listened to this show. This is the they stole your ideas. They co- no, it was just everything coalesced this season to give me what I, for me so far, is my favorite season of the series. Um, because you know, I'm you know as as much as I love Johnny, you know, I. I'm a LaRusso boy at heart. I yeah. always have been. I always will be. Yeah. And I've struggled. I've struggled a bit with the transition of how he's portrayed in this series. How Machio has chosen to play him. And I have loved it, but it's something I had to get used to. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. Because they gave us the best Daniel season. This was the most dialed in I feel like Machio has been in the whole series. They gave him something real to play. And they gave me the final fight with him and Terry Silver that I've always wanted, always waited for. And if that weren't enough to give me my favorite villain and one of my favorite heroes back together again, and like you teased me with it last season, but you just you gave it to me with both barrels this season but to do all of that and then also find room to take fucking chosen and make him a just an absolute delight yes an absolute fan favorite yes and again spoilers we'll get into all of this more in detail but to have to build him up to a point where it's like you're gonna have the villain from two Fight the villain from three. And I'm going to be like this the whole time because I'm like, 
I think the stakes are. I think somebody could actually die. die. Like to get the stakes to that level, and then not not organically, o- is something we you and I could only have dreamed about in our wildest imaginations when we were like. Would you? And have... then it's a battle for the soul of the valley. <laughs> like, yes, you know. I just. How about making the girl from the second one and the villain from the second one finally? come together which I thought they were going to do when she, he went back to Japan I was thought she was going to be like oh yeah he has a class to teach wait how do you know that oh we've been together like we're dating right. like we're married you know okay. but they don't we got to save some stuff for her yeah for her we got but we got lots of thoughts just you know those boys just keep making magic happen with that show and we just keep eating it up I don't it's also if that had been it if that's it it's not. I don't think it is. I think they're going to do one more. I thought they said six to begin with. I think they had always said five, and I think it has ballooned into six. Probably. Because, and I think there's enough. I think there's enough story there for you one got, more. You've season. got enough threads. There's enough story there. You for can't one more have Crease get out of prison, right? And there not be a season six. Yeah. But with that said, if this was it, and that was just the cliffhanger of like, yeah, Crease still out there, baby. Um, it's not a bad note to end the series on. I think the place that it leaves Daniel and Johnny and everybody in is a great space. I still want to talk about more details, yeah. so we definitely have to record like yeah. this cast very soon uh, and revisit everything. Or we can rewatch it again around New Year's, which could, is when four came we out. Could do that, which is why it felt like. What if two. secretly six is like already in the can? Don't even fucking play with me. Just, don't even. They're just gonna look. Push if a you're button. not gonna even bother blowing me, don't bother tickling <laughs> okay. my balls. Okay? okay, don't even go there. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we can, on that note, move the, along to our shared number one. number one. It just, I mean, it's thick Judge Judy. Baby. It just, I mean, is it not? They they crushed they crushed it's it fucking perfect they crushed it we couldn't couldn't have asked for more it's Atlanta season four uh, now to be clear I did split them up right season three was my number eleven right behind Severance I at one point I was like I'm gonna open with Atlanta I'm gonna close with Atlanta but I also didn't want to like say Atlanta out of the gate and have you be like what the fuck man <laughs> right so. Uh, Coming off, we talked a good we bit about good season bit three. three. Yeah, yeah. But coming off of that season, that for some people apparently was very divisive. Uh, to the, I think the last thing anybody expected was for them to just give us exactly what we wanted, <laughs> what everybody was complaining that they wanted, which was like, just give me my characters, like just let me have fun with my characters, please. Right. Yeah, like they just they just did it, and. They did it in the most Atlanta way possible from start to finish. And just, I'll never forget this fucking show, dude. I, and the, the, but, but we are going to, we, I do want to talk about it in full on its own episode, but I think the consensus statement for us is the tagline for the final episode. Damn. Even though I really hate this show, I think I'm going to miss it. That was the fucking tagline for the last episode. If you went back and read all of them. Like, yes. 
I love the one that's like, damn, they always got paperboard doing some doing some thinking or traveling and some shit. Yeah, you know? no, they're all written by it. Stephen Glover as if he's a person who hates the show, who's like hate yeah. watching it or yeah, like tweeting yeah, about it that's afterwards. That's the best fucking part. Yes, the descriptions yeah. are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and we can go in more deeply on an episode by episode basis, but like it just delivered everything week after week, and even to the point where again, spoilers. If you haven't caught up with it now, seriously, what are you doing? But if you haven't caught up with you, seriously, one fuck of the you. big, I mean, I don't know if I articulated it to you because we didn't really talk. You were, you were waiting for some to catch up. I, li- dude, and I so literally you, binged you and, I and the not, next episode came out and it was done. I didn't, you have to and wait. I have not gone into a deep dive no. on episodes, but we wanted to do our top 10 episodes of Atlanta. Yes. The whole series. So I think that'll be a good time to do a full on retrospective on it. Yeah. What I do, I do want to say this because I didn't get to communicate it to you, but in the same way that season three wrapped, I'm sitting around at the end of season four and I'm having a thought where I'm just like, the penultimate is a great episode. It's a paperboy centric episode. The episode prior to that kind of leaves Earn and Van on a good note. I'm like, I feel like we kind of got an ending for them. Cool. We get this incredible Paperboy episode, always a highlight for me whenever it's just kind of him on his own and you don't know where it's going to go and always ends up saying really something, you know, something really profound. And then I'm like, but we got one more. I'm like, interesting. And I remember we're getting towards the end of season three and I'm like, you know, I've really enjoyed this. It's been a wild ride, but if they don't do something with Van, I'm going to feel a little like this was weird. Like something felt off about this season. She feels like she got a little shortchanged. Lo and behold, the finale of season three is a van centric episode and it's incredible. And I'm getting to getting to the end of season four. I'm like, all right, series wrapping up. Like, what's the one thing I feel like I I want a little more of or I never quite got? It's like I want a Darius episode. I feel like there's a little bit more to say about that guy that Turns out there's a lot more to say about that guy. And as soon as the episode started and I was like, they're, they're going to, they're going to give me a Darius centric episode. And then it's like, and the B plot ends up being the whole, the black sushi restaurant is what that (laughs) entire incredible dude. I can't wait to talk about it with you, but the was, it was the being just like in total, like, feeling like they're I'm on the same wavelength like I know emotionally where and then come to find out like that episode they wrote that as just like this this could be anywhere in the season they only after that and they shot it that way they only after the fact were like I think this is the one yeah we should put this one last yeah it's insane for me to think about that because it's like that's so clearly the perfect finale of this series it says everything yes and the idea that they were like no that could have just as easily been like episode two of this season and it's like yeah we probably would have still had just as much fun with it but realizing where it ultimately needed to go i was just like they just nailed it dude they nailed it in every way shape and form i cannot wait to dive deep deep into it with you when we count down our top 10 favorite episodes of Atlanta. That will be our next TV centric episode. I can promise you that. Do we want to run in, run through any honorable mentions? 
I think I'm good. I think I got it all out. There's a ton of other stuff. This was a year for I television. Will, I will shout out a few things just because I feel like I know they were in the ether, but they maybe didn't quite rise to the top for us, but they were close. There were things that you and I liked, okay? So I'm just going to hit you with a couple right just now. Just names. Go for it. One fifty-eight in Rings the morning. Of, Go. Rings of Power. No, you didn't watch it. Nope. Not a big deal. White Lotus hasn't officially ended yet, but loving season two better than the first one. Winning time on HBO. The loved Lake it. Show. We loved it. The Old Man on FX. Loved it. Loved it as well. Hacks season two. Perfect. Crushing it. Great stuff on HBO Max. Outer Range. Very interesting. Oh, Coming back for yes. season two. Yes. Just got confirmed a couple weeks ago. Fucking forgot about Outer Range. Tokyo Vice. God Not damn it. everything we wanted it to be. But enough but of it. enough of what we wanted it to be. Exactly. Uh, Euphoria Season 2, what a mess, but a glorious, glorious fucking mess. Righteous Gemstone Season 2, yes. great fucking time. What we do in the Shadow Season 4, still crushing it. Our flag means death. New Taika, good Taika, under the banner of heaven, weird Mormon, Andrew Garfield. If you haven't watched it, you would love it. Creepy Wyatt Russell, crushing it. You haven't watched it. And Sam Worthington. You did watch. Of course. Hell yeah. Uh, Peacemaker, you mentioned. Miss Marvel, my favorite of the Marvel TV output. What about She-Hulk? Year. I did enjoy She-Hulk. Had a good time with it, particularly that finale. Shout out to the finale of She-Hulk. Midnight Club on Netflix. Enjoyed it. Great. Or, excuse me. Good, not great. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Similar feelings. Raised by Wolf Season 2. We're never getting any more, but, you know, we liked it. We're never getting any more. Yeah, no, it's officially canceled. It's Why? Done. It's done, man. It's done. They left it open? Yeah, it's done. Fuck. Again, yeah, a season that I was kind of like losing. I was like, I don't know if it's good anymore. And then like the last three episodes, I was like, oh, I forgot. The show's like, it's so unique and great. And now it's gone. Now we never get any more of it. Uh, yeah, that's the last one I really want to shout out. The rest of mine are kind of negatives. But dude, I, that, I mean, looking at this list... 35 shows that I would say were good to great I to add, amazing. Those are, I mean, that's a good year of television. I can add the last season of Ozark. I can add uh, Kenobi. I could add Umbrella Academy. I could add 1883. I could also add um, as much as uh, the, the peripheral that's still going right now. Fucking amazing. Um, uh, uh, the Handmaid's Tale. I fucking love it. I watch The Handmaid's Tale every, every year it comes out. I didn't realize it was coming out. Fucking amazing. Okay. Shiny has. You need to watch that on on Apple. Okay. Echo 3 on so Apple. So again, something to look forward to for people. If you want to revisit Atlanta, pick out some of your favorite episodes, we're going to do a deep dive on that. Talk about Season 4 in more depth. Pick some of our faves. We'll have that coming up. And just as a teaser, I want to throw this out there. I don't know if we will be doing week-to-week coverage, but I can guarantee you that m- two of my most anticipated things are dropping in January. And I want people to be aware of them keep them on your radar the last of us on mm. hbo which i'm very excited to see how it plays out yeah we'll see the more important one i sent you a trailer for old nwr is up to his old tricks oh yeah he got that netflix bag and said all right i try this at amazon <laughs> Nobody cared except for like five guys on a podcast. Yep. Uh, and two of them were brothers. Somehow he got Netflix to give him some more money. <laughs> he went back to Denmark and he said, you know what? Copenhagen cowboy. And you know what I say? Injected into my veins. 
any day now. Um, I believe it drops the same day as The Last of Us. I think they're both January 15th. I could be mistaken on that. Hmm. But uh, you can definitely, you know, I guess we'll see how Gavin's mileage uh, goes for Copenhagen Cowboy. But I can't promise you that Mr. Sunshine Mayfield and I will do our annual uh, Nobody Likes NWR But Us podcast, uh, whether you want to be a part of that or not. Of course, I always do. Okay. Well, let's do it. I love that dude. All right. The, yeah. Copenhagen Cowboy coming in January, as well as The Last of Us. That's what we're looking forward to. You just listened to our top 10 favorite shows of 2022. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and stick around. We got one more of these for you where we are going to tackle the year in film. Oy. Hope you enjoyed it. Is that a good, like, this was a rough year? or is I got that a lot a, to choose from. Oh, is that a, okay. I mean, a, a lot of stuff I liked. Here. I saw a, a lot, lot of movies. stuff I didn't like. I, yeah, I saw I saw some bad stuff some, too. Uh, it's... Some friends become enemies. Some <laughs> enemies become friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will. Yeah, stick around for that. I think I we're banking these up right now. I think I'm gonna release them week to week, and we're just gonna ride out the year. So yeah, we just uh, presumably a week from the day that you're hearing this, yeah. uh, movies episode dropping. Then we're going to bid you farewell for the rest of the year, but we'll uh, we'll be back. Stick around. Uh, Sorry about the hiatus. And in the meantime. Some of us had to get famous. In the meantime. Playing our songs for Rashad Amos. This would be a great time for you to email us. Yes. Thearchive at gmail.com. If you got them beats, want them beats, <laughs> Noah's got them. No, this is, this is about podcasts. This is uh. not about music. But if you want to talk about the beats, you want to write about your favorite TV shows of the year, your favorite albums of the year. Maybe we'll read those on the opening of our movies episode. Yeah, and also, of course, let Hit us, us know your Instagram. Let us know your top ten yes. favorite films of the year. Uh, if you want to, if if you feel like getting frisky, give us your own personal sight and sound. You know the new sight and sound list, the decade list. Uh, just came out again. Hmm. So let us know what your top 10 favorite films of all time are. Maybe we'll do that as an episode sometime soon because yeah. that's all film Twitter seems to be talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. Until next time, I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers and you've been listening to what we've been watching. That's it.